Hi, Mike Gibson and Ajay Curtinay coming to you live from San Diego at Sky 2018. During the break, Ajay, we were talking about how STEMI cases, paradoxically, are the easier cases. And in order to be a good STEMI operator, what you really need to do is be a good complex PCI operator. It's really changed and grown over the years. What are some of the things that every interventional cardiologist now needs to be facile with in their PC, complex PCI toolbox? Well, I mean, I think first the question is, if you ask anybody, do they do complex PCI? Everybody Ever universally yes. says All yes. my PCIs are complex. <laughs> are complex. Yes. Uh, sometimes I try not to make them more complex than they right. need to be, but they're all complex. <laughs> they may not start out complex, but they always end up complex. <laughs> the, uh, the, the tools, though, I think start up with access. I think people need to be facile at both, you know, femoral, radial, access and even more increasingly now you know for other forms axillary access right um, ultrasound guidance for that um, in terms of the procedures themselves it's basic fundamental PCI guides wires support yeah I think you you certainly this resonates with you back in the days you had to deliver big bulky stents you really needed to be assiduous with that right nowadays the stents deliver so well that people kind of lose those skills to right. some extent right um, so but I think it's important to go back study some of that understand how to do it yeah. and then beyond that um, just devices like atherectomy devices as appropriate um, so what are the you know in order to improve your skills as an atherectomy operator what are some of the best ways to accomplish that I think you first have to get good training hopefully during fellowship um, there are other proctorship opportunities that um, people can have um, the challenges in the United States where the operator volumes are so low and people are on average doing maybe a PCI a week um, to then do an atherectomy among that mix is difficult. Right. Uh, one of the things that we do in our lab is we, um, we don't regulate, but we kind of do regulate who does specific types of cases. Um, we get around the whole financial reimbursement part of it by saying it's okay. If you come to the Columbia Cath Lab, it doesn't matter who your primary operator is, you're going to get expert level care for those patients, and the, whoever is the primary operator ultimately can you know, get credit for the case in whatever fashion. But we will have advanced CTO operators, people facile in atherectomy or hemodynamic support, scrubbing in on those cases as well so that the experience is uniform across operators. So and speaking of hemodynamic support in shock cases, what's the way that a 50-some case a year guy can get competent in shock and hemodynamic support cases? It's t that's also tough. There's simulators and training that uh, people can uh, do. You need to understand how to manage large bore access um, and some of that is peripheral skills. Mm -hmm. So crossing over, uh, managing the opposite side with a contralateral balloon occlusion that can also be done for the radial approach, um, ultrasound guided access as well. Because it's one thing to sort of say, hey, we should be able to put these devices in, but if we can't manage the complications due to the device, then in some ways we could be causing more more uh, more harm than good. And of course, it should be mentioned that Sky is going to be putting on a course in October in Boston uh, related to cardiogenic shock, so that's another tool. What about imaging? Do we need to be better imagers as we get to be more complex operators? I think so. In the imaging and the complex PCI space, that's where the data is most compelling for the use of uh, routine imaging. Um, there's trials with long lesions, trials with CTOs, left main that um, do demonstrate benefits of intravascular imaging. I think also fundamentally, you know, we I, I just don't think we should practice PCI the way we did 20 to 30 years ago, the same old way, angiographically guided. And with the tools that we have now, which don't have side effects associated with them, if it were you or your dad or somebody having the procedure done, why wouldn't you want to check your work after you're done? So, but the thing is, you need to be facile at doing it. If you don't know what you're looking at, then how are you going to use the imaging device?
athletes. So I think that training is important, and there'll be there'll be large studies going on to try to demonstrate efficacy of that type of strategy. Right, and then of course we have a wider range of stent sizes, everything from two O's to five O's, bigger choices, numerous choices. Yeah, I think choices, and, and as long as we're facile at understanding what stent can go where, so you well, don't want to be putting can go anywhere. They can go anywhere, but you don't no, want to put a two O stent that they can't expand to five O right. in the left main and right. vice versa. So I think that among the matrices, there still needs to be understanding of what the lower range and the higher range of expansion is for a given stent size. Right. And that varies by manufacturer as well. Right. So that's a cognitive thing rather than an experiential thing. Yeah. Well, Ajay, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for taking a peek inside your toolbox. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from Sky 2018.